Calgary Field Lacrosse is pleased to announce that registration for the outdoor summer season is ongoing. Registration is open to boys and girls aged 4 to 18. The programming adheres to the latest local health guidelines and will be conducted in a physically distanced manner. Calgary Field Lacrosse is proud to continue its partnership with Elevate Lacrosse, who provide incredible on-field instruction with coaching from the PLL, NLL, NCAA, and committed NCAA athletes. Visit calgaryfield.com for more program details and information. Check out Sport Calgary's This Week in Sport for the latest news and updates in Calgary's sports community. much for tuning into the face first podcast my name is alicia riz rizling and my name is grace Safo. and we have another great fantastic guest with us today joining us from edmonton um ashley <laughs> turner i know riz is really stoked <laughs> to get some edmonton blood on here so um yeah so ashley you're a varsity athlete for the university of alberta on the panda soccer team right correct yeah that's correct <laughs> that's awesome um so what position do you play? I'm curious. Yeah, I'm a goalkeeper. So I'm back in the net, you know, saving all those goals. <laughs> saving all the goals. I, I am also a former University of Alberta Panda. I was Ooh, on the basketball cool. team from, I'm really old, 2006 to 2011. <laughs> so pandas represent us. Awesome. I was super excited to have you on as a guest with us today. So thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, Ashley, why don't we just me. start from the beginning about your your athletic career? Start from what sports did you play growing up, and how did that lead to you uh, attending to University of Alberta? Sure. Yeah. Well, soccer has definitely been my entire life. Uh, must have started when I was one of those little timbits you have running around, and it's got to be you know sixteen, seventeen years playing soccer. So that was the main focus of my sports growing up. But once I got into high school, I actually also had a really big passion for basketball as well. Oh, so nice. those were the kind of two main sports I played. But where did you go you to know, high school? Little... Sorry to interrupt. Where, where, sorry? where did you go to high school? Where did... Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I went to Emmy Lazert, so I'm North Ender. Yeah. <laughs> big school, yeah. though. Really big school with a oh, big yeah. program. Big yeah. school and... Sports were super awesome there. That was a big focus of my time in high school was, you know, playing a lot of sports and then going to two or three soccer practices after school and Mm -hmm. yeah, every day. Awesome. And were you recruited to go to U of A or how did that work? Yeah. Yeah. So I explored a couple different schools to play for and then end up deciding on the U of A I was recruited for. So I believe I signed, it must've been in my maybe beginning of the grade 12 year, I signed to the U of A and from there started training until I went into university. Awesome. And so far in your career, how has it gone? Have you guys um, made playoffs or how has the team been? Yeah, so I'm going into my fifth year now. Uh, So in my first two years, I didn't get a lot of playing time. Uh, but, you know, working my way up, and that seems to be kind of the nature of a goalkeeper position is you have your veterans in until you make it up to your turn. So did a lot of working hard in my first two years, and then the season right before COVID happened, I was actually the starting goalkeeper, which was super exciting and got a bunch of minutes in, which was an awesome opportunity to have. 
Uh, and yeah, so unfortunately, we didn't, we made it to playoffs. Uh, and then we end up not making it past then, which was a little bit upsetting. But, you know, I'm really excited for this year. Crossed fingers if our season comes in because we have a really great group of girls in my year and we're all the veterans of the team. And there's eight of us on the team, which is so exciting to have. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so awesome. I know we've all been impacted by COVID in our sport, so it's we're really hoping varsity sports come back for sure. Um, it's my understanding too, that you're not only obviously an athlete at university of Alberta, but you are also involved with the university athletics board there. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, totally. So a couple of years ago in my third year, I believe it was, I ended up being, uh, my team representative on the university athletics board. And as a team rep, you just kind of attend meetings and, you're kind of like that liaison between the executive boards running the meetings and then, you know, giving the message to the rest of your team. So I got a bit of experience doing that. And then in my fourth year, I applied for a position on the executive board. And so now I hold a position called VP Community Outreach on the UAB. What kind of time commitment is that on top of your full-time studies and being a varsity athlete? Yeah, so... It's super variable week to week. Sometimes might not need to do anything, I suppose. But during the times where we have lots of events going, I put in quite a few hours. I my busy weeks, I'm probably putting maybe upwards of 10 hours a week in certain events and whatnot. So but it's, it's really awesome to be that liaison and getting, you know, the athletes involved with the greater Edmonton community. It's super rewarding. That's amazing. Um, do you want to give an example of one of the events that you spearheaded before COVID hit? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, well, I was the VP during the COVID time, so we had to adapt quite a bit, a lot of our events, but we made it work, which was awesome. So, you know, for example, one event we do is called Brain Waves, and that's where we, like, the athletes will teach young students how to keep their brains healthy and safe during sports and whatnot, you know related to concussions and all that. We also do bear hugs, which was impacted by COVID-19. Usually we'll go in person and, you know, go visit some of the sick sick kids in the hospital. Uh, This year we moved it online. So we made personalized cards for all the kids and we run exercise classes and send it to the schools for them to show their kids instead of being in person. So yeah, some really cool initiatives. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I love the thought of some like the the bear hugs and the um, brain health. I think it's so important in any time that you know you give an avenue for athletes to connect to kids. Magic happens. I think. Um, so you you have your bachelor of science degree, or you're finishing up your bachelor of science degree. What's next after that? Yeah, so I'm going into my fifth and final year of the Bachelor of Science degree, so I'm on that last lap, (laughs) yay. Uh, And then after that, so this summer, I'm actually applying for medicine, and right now I have plans on applying to the U of A, uh, U of C, and then UBC, so those are my top three choices in that, probably in that order. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, so hopefully I would get in, it's a long process to see if you get in, but that's the goal. Well, you got to shoot for your goals, obviously. Um, and we're, we're thinking about you and hoping you get in. Have you always wanted to be in medicine or like, did it come about during your degree? I think because a lot of people in university sometimes don't have 
necessarily a thought on what they want to do when they're done. Or some people have decided by the age of like eight, they're like, this is what I'm doing and this is my path. So yeah, where, where in the spectrum do you fall with that? Yeah, I definitely fall on an extreme where I specifically remember being in grade four wanting to be a brain surgeon, which is not necessarily what I want to do anymore, (laughs) but I am super still keen into the idea of surgery. So I just from right at the beginning, I knew it was going to be healthcare or sciencey, something like that for sure. Good for you. Um, I, it's so funny. I was on a very similar path to you, but I didn't get into medicine, and now I bobsled. So <laughs> funny how life can great open. alternative. Yeah, like I mean, it's like when one door closes, you find another one and you break it open, totally. and then sometimes it takes you to the Olympics. But um, <laughs> I, I'm very impressed with how like you're managing, and that, that's so awesome. So just to clarify, though, the the soccer season is the fall season, right? Not the spring. Awesome. Right. So you guys are looking promising for the fall. So our Can West, which is the division we play under, they announced sort of a new style of season that they're proposing. And so usually we would play teams in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, our own province, and then BC. Mm-hmm. But from what it looks like as of now, I think we'll be sticking within our province. So there's five total universities, including the U of A. And sounds like it'll be kind of a season with that. And I'm not sure how the playoff format will work, but fingers crossed that it keeps up for fall to play. Oh, wow. So they're already planning ahead to have like a weird season. Yeah. And they announced that, I believe, just before uh, the new back to summer sort of reopening plan was released. So I wonder if everything's back to normal theoretically the season would go back to normal but I think it's so dependent because provinces have their own restrictions that it just might be a whole different ball game for different provinces interesting and I just have one more question on this so you guys obviously didn't play last year right I think all I heard all sports were canceled yeah so how did that affect your eligibility and just building on to that, how did your teammates find, especially people who maybe weren't going to graduate in the five years? I know I played with a lot of teammates that were on this kind of six and seven year plan instead. Um, would they be able to gain an extra year of eligibility out of that? Yeah, so it, there was a little period where we weren't sure exactly what would happen with eligibility or even if we were going to have a season. But they did announce that they would not use our eligibility for the year of COVID, which is nice because, I mean, it makes sense if, you know, it was kind of in a sense taken away from us. So we eligibility. Uh, so technically, I have only three years of eligibility use, so I still have a remaining two years, which is still kind of exciting because I'll use up one this year, hopefully, for the fall season. And then perhaps if I got into U of A Med or you know, even if I don't get into medicine, I could pursue more studies at the U of A, but even play two more years, which is really awesome. I'm happy to hear that. (laughs) So we had a little glimpse into your childhood about, you know, you, you knowing kind of that you wanted to be, go into medicine early. Um, I want to dive right in and talk a bit about your ancestry and kind of also that growing up. So I'm going to let you tell us about it. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to hear. Totally. Yeah. So growing up, I, you know, grew up most of my life just identifying as white. 
and you know that's what my ancestry was from you know never didn't even with that being said like never even your celebrations and all that stuff just very typical life here and you know once I started to get into my later teens I actually found out that I have a Métis ancestry in me uh, which was a super interesting experience to go through because I thought it was a little bit odd that you know we actually have a decent chunk of Métis in me and I just never knew growing up so yeah the big thing with that was that my mom she it comes from her lineage on my mom's side and she basically in a sense like hid it from me maybe for lack of better words or rather felt it was unnecessary to mention to me because she actually didn't want me to get discriminated against growing up and when I found out about that I you know I just didn't sit well with me I just thought you know how sad that is like for people who are in the position where my mom experienced stuff growing up with her and just wanted to hide me from that. I'm very sorry to hear that because it's, it's sad that, yeah, we've, we've kind of grown up and especially our parents' generation where they, they did have to hide it because they knew it might've been something that could hold them back. Um, and I, I think right now, just the way the world is, we're going through a lot of changes and a lot more of these issues are being brought up. So my question for you is how did it impact you when you found out, was it something that you wanted to, uh, learn some more is something you wanted to explore or was it something that you immediately wanted to push away at, at first? Yeah. Yeah. At first I honestly did not know basically anything about anything indigenous I it was super foreign to me and but I was definitely intrigued I would say that's the first reaction I had to it um but and then once I started to explore a little bit more I would say I went through a big period of sort of feeling a sense of uncomfortableness in a sense because and you know a lot of it was negative and this feeling didn't necessarily have anything to do with me not being proud of this ancestry or this lineage, but rather it had, you know, I was a bit nervous to pursue it because I felt maybe a sense of guilt. Mm-hmm. And I think this guilt sort of stemmed from me being, you know, for lack of better words, white passing, where, you know, my whole life I was perceived as white by my skin, my features, and, you know, even my culture growing up. And, you know, once I started to embrace this journey, I suppose I felt a sort of like imposter syndrome in a sense where I didn't want to feel like I was almost being like a, a faker in a sense. So yeah, that was my initial reaction to it. And I guess like your initial reaction, how did you work through that kind of initial period of you're saying uncomfortableness and some negativity was there anything that helped you kind of work through that um and kind of get to where you are now yeah um I think a big thing was I once I got into university and I started to pursue that side of me university really helped me push me out of my shell I was quite shy in high school and you know not too keen on telling people and whatnot but you know To get over that sense of guilt about pursuing this side of me, I decided to dive a little bit deeper into, you know, why 
I didn't celebrate being Métis growing up and, you know, coming across, you know, realizing why, you know, my mom hid it from me and she did it because she didn't want me to face the discrimination, as I mentioned. And so I started to take the narrative rather than being like, um, sorry, one second, <laughs> I just trying to form my words. <laughs> um, sorry, it's not my place. You're just talking about how, like, rather than how your mom tried to hide from you and how you were trying to dive deeper and trying to understand why she did that. Um, And, yeah, spring a bell over here. Yeah, so I, you know, I tried to move past that narrative that my family was just being fakers and, you know, I just, that they just became, like, Métis for no reason. And I decided to take the narrative instead that my family was actually pushed out of our Métis ancestry and our culture because of colonialism and racism and discrimination that happens in Canada today. So that really relieved a weight on my shoulders, knowing that, you know, we shouldn't feel bad for losing our ancestry and our culture. It was almost in a sense taken away from us because of how the world is working today. And, you know, there's progress being made but it still happens to a lot of people and there's got to be a lot of people who are in the same shoes as me yeah and unfortunately I think we just recently uncovered one of the most treacherous ones on record and unfortunately I think that's going to lead to more in terms of the residential school in Kamloops um which literally gives me chills to think and almost makes me sick thinking about that but that's it is like where this country was founded and kind of how we got to where we are today. And, and we, we, we all need to do a deeper job of this education and, and, and know why it is the way we are. And it's really interesting. So leading from that, um, where are you going now, uh, with further learning about this? Cause it sounds like you're trying to educate yourself and learning more and in terms you're, you're helping to educate others. So where, where is this taking you? Yeah, totally. So that's the whole part of my journey is I'm educating myself. I'm not an expert in Indigenous issues. I'm not an expert in Indigenous culture, but I want to work on this journey and I want to embrace that side of me. So I, that's what a big part of this with my position on VP Community Outreach on the UAB is that you know, I'm starting to foster relationships and partnerships with groups. So, for example, we've been trying to reach out to the Aboriginal Students Council on campus, First People's House on campus. And then actually recently, I've been working with Kids for Alberta and their Indigenous Task Force and hoping that we can create some initiatives, kind of using maybe a little bit of a position with the varsity athletes as a bit of a platform to hopefully make some progress and equality and whatnot yeah I love it good for you and and using your platform to turn something that you know maybe flip it and make your family family proud because at first it was maybe something that they were embarrassed about and now it'd be something that can be celebrated and enjoyed for um, totally years to come so that's really amazing how did you get connected with kids sports since this is a kids sport podcast <laughs> yeah so this year, actually, UAB and Kids for Edmonton, we made a new partnership, which is super exciting. We're just such a natural fit. We 
honestly, we're so surprised that this partnership didn't happen years and years ago because what better than kids sport and then having varsity athlete role models? It just seems so natural. So that's where I first got involved with kids sport. And then through that, I just sort of inquired with kids sport Edmonton if you guys you know, it's in kids sport had any ind- indigenous initiatives and whatnot. And then they're the ones that connected me with kids sport Alberta and their indigenous task force. Yeah, that's great. I know we love having just more kids sport people. And I know you're really excited Riz that more <laughs> of the kids sport Alberta and kids sport um, Edmonton side involved. And it sounds so great that to know that, you know, kids sport as a whole in Alberta is helping push these, like these issues and, education forward um I know I would love to also just I would love to know I guess like what we can do to help elevate your like people like you your voices and help you in this initiative (laughs) yeah that's a that's a question that you know even I've been asking and trying to figure out ways around and it's such a journey for honestly everyone even not indigenous people and so we're actually for now because it's everything's online we're doing a podcast um through it's a little bit it's i'll be the host but it's kind of sort of through uab and then partnered with the kids Sport alberta indigenous task force and i think this is going to be such an important thing because we really want to give a voice to those who need a voice heard and i think that's such a important thing going on right now and what people can do is let people tell their truth and let people talk about what needs to be talked about that's going to be a big thing. That's great. I think that a podcast will, will say we, <laughs> we've learned a lot hosting a podcast and hearing a lot of people's stories. So I like, we're so excited to hear it and, and see and hear all the people that you have on, on yours, hearing your stories and further expanding kids sports podcasting realm in Alberta. So we're really, yeah. we're really, really looking forward to it. Have you started doing this or is this a, uh, something you, that's just in the works right now of getting organized? Yeah, so it's in the works right now. We're sort of in the phase of recruiting special guests. So the whole, I, we have a good idea of what we want in mind, but we're just trying to get a couple episodes lined up so we can start recording and hopefully be releasing within a month or so, which would be awesome. Uh, And it would be really nice. We want to get a big variety of guests and anyone from, you know, current varsity athletes that are Indigenous, such as myself, would is a great, going to be a great special guest, uh, as well as some people who, on kids sport, who are currently actively involved with Indigenous issues, as well as, you know, maybe even perhaps getting professional athletes to come and speak up and give their side of it and students on campus just honestly, anyone who needs a voice heard and to explore it, it's going to be wonderful. Well, looking forward to it. I have two questions on that. I'll start with this one. Cause this is probably the heavier one. Um, now that you have this, this lineage and you're learning more about it. Um, do you find that, um, the more that you hear about these indigenous, um, awful wrongdoings and my example right now is going to be Ethan Bear. Um, as you guys know, I'm a huge Edmonton Oilers fan and, uh, when the, the Oilers lost and, and there were so many racist comments that were put out online by trolls and Ethan bear, um, he had to stand in front and, and basically stand up to racism. Um, as a white person, I, I was horrified by this and like generally moved and, and also very proud of him for, 
for standing up because there is no place for that in sport. But I'm wondering if you think that maybe hit you a little bit differently um, now as you're exploring this culture that you have in your blood. Totally. I just looking back at my past experiences, I've always been into social movements and the such, but there's just certain ones that hit you more than others. And this one, yeah, these ones for sure hit close to home now. And it just makes me think about, you know, how, just like myself, how I was uneducated on a lot of these Indigenous issues growing up, how many people who are these trolls or these people who are making these racist comments, just how many people just haven't had a lived experience like this and aren't educated and just, they don't know, maybe maybe they do, but a lot has to do with uneducation about these issues. And so it definitely hits close to home because, yeah, about finding out about, you know, my lineage and whatnot. Um, just building on that, do you, do you now, you know, I think a lot of times, I I don't think anymore this happens, but this used to happen a lot where people would be like, oh, well, what's your heritage? Because we all live in Canada and we're all immigrants anyway. But like, um, now that you share that you're Métis, do what are the reactions that most people give you? The reaction, Honestly, I haven't had a super negative reaction, which I feel super, super lucky for and had pretty positive embrace, being embraced, which is awesome. But I would say that I may be one of the more lucky people because I even my brother, for example, growing up with he played hockey growing up and he faced quite a bit of discrimination. People found out he was Métis and it's just, it's super unfortunate because, you know, they're kids and don't really know, but you wonder, you know, where they're learning from. It's just not learning properly growing up and whatnot. So I know there's just, there's far too many people who get those negative reactions and all that. But honestly, I'm, this whole journey has made me feel so empowered about being Métis. And I'm so proud to say I'm Métis because I feel like, you know, even though I'm still new to this journey, I'm not the most educated on the issues. There's definitely more experts out there, but I'm trying and I'm trying to educate myself. And honestly, I also feel a sense of responsibility now that I know and I have a platform to speak on by being a role model varsity athlete that it's it's really empowering for me to speak up and talk about it. That's so great to hear. Um and I think just building off of Ethan, the, you're talking about Ethan Bear. What really struck me when when this happened, and like, and I was on Twitter and looking at some of the comments, is if someone's going to say that to a pro athlete or or a varsity athlete or something, what are they saying to people that aren't maybe in these higher positions, like athletes or in the spotlight? I think that was the, what what's even scarier for me is to think or about kids. or kids. Yeah. Kids in school, what's being said in the schoolyard, what's being said on the street. I think we're just literally looking at the tip of the iceberg here. And it's when I start to read the comments and, and think about that, it just makes me sick. So, I mean, we're also just thinking about how we can, like I said, continue lifting your voice up and educate ourselves for, as a white person and also with privilege. So absolutely and I think that's the greatest thing is and I'm glad you feel this sense of responsibility because now that I know someone because now we're friends um I'm I'm really excited to tune into this podcast and uh 
like as you're learning things and, and discovering about you know your heritage of the indigenous population and then maybe then we can learn with you because these are things that we we continually need, need to be educated about because there's just so much that just blows my brain that's come out in the last couple of years and I'm like are you, what like and that and yeah. that sense of responsibility on the negative side for for as a person that identifies as white um so I I know that I'm very grateful for you to to take this upon your shoulders and and walk us on your journey with you and I'm really looking forward to it which leads me to my second question do you have a name for your podcast last yet Ooh, I don't yet. Oh. I'm gonna have to come up with something super creative. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta. That's the key. We, I think we spent a good uh, couple hours working on so ours. Catchy, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throw some at the wall and see what sticks and what sounds good. And also look up if any of them already exist, because you don't want to be competing for hits with something that's like very True. similarly named. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Great points. <laughs> All right. Um, Gracie, do you have anything else you want to ask Ashley? Uh, no, just thank you so much for joining us. And like you said, we're, we're looking forward to hearing the unnamed podcast mm-hmm. and the guests you have on. If you're interested in being on Ashley's podcast, how can they get in contact with you? Question. They could, the best mode of contact would just be to email me or call me. Uh, so I could give that information out or I can make a something linked for you guys tell us your email right now yeah so my email is a turner at ualberta.ca awesome so yeah if someone reached out to be a special guest and if you have a voice that needs to be heard that would be wonderful we want to hear you and or if you know someone or have a friend of a friend or something we want to help you get get some awesome guests so get in contact with ashley and yeah Thank you, Ashley, so much for joining us. Um, Really looking forward to following along your journey and and keeping up with my pandas, Das Pan, as we like to call them, uh, (laughs) in my day. But uh, all the best with your new journey and uh, all your best with your applications to med school. My fingers are crossed for you. Getting into UC wouldn't be so bad, though. (laughs) You know, the city, you can play both cards here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you everyone for tuning into the Face First podcast.